Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm excited to be attending and recording shows at Rainmaker 2016. You can join keynote speaker Gary Vanderchuk along with modern revenue leaders at the only conference dedicated to the sales development industry, March 7th and 9th in Atlanta. Get tickets now to receive cutting-edge sales content from thought leaders, learn best practices during breakout sessions, and come network with the world's top sales influencers. If you use the promo code BTFS and the number 30, you'll get 30% off. More information is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm also going to be at the Business Rocks Tech, Music, and Investment Summit recording shows live in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More information about the summit is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. All right, well, Sabbath, welcome back to the show. Thanks for doing this again. You're my first guest I've had three times, so I'm excited. It's good, but it's good. The first two shows did really well. I'm excited to do the this third one. And I'm even more excited that you can kind of tell me why Snapchat is good for business. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on the show again, Kevin. Uh, I guess we're jumping right into it. Uh, sure. So let's start with a little bit about what Snapchat is for those who don't know, because I'm assuming that although we may be talking about it a lot on uh, social media and in marketing, a lot of people that are not familiar with social networks are really confused. And they don't sure. really understand the user interface. They don't understand, you know, how it works. Why is it that so many people are on the platform? And so just to break it down for people, Snapchat is a really easy way to not only create, but to share micro content. And the micro content is created in 10 second pictures or 10 second videos. And those okay. are able to be manipulated or quote unquote, um, you can layer on top with creative, such as drawing, text, emojis, uh, you can draw graphics. And so there's a, a lot of different ways that you can utilize the platform in order to basically tell a story, which is what okay. marketing has really boiled down to in the recent years is storytelling. And how do you create a story that's not only engaging, compelling, but is also able to capture an audience so that other people are wanting to kind of chime into that conversation. Okay. No, that makes sense. I, I think in some ways, Snapchat kind of gets a bit of a bad rap in the media for the kind of traditional stuff that people send send on there. And and to be fair, I don't really use Snapchat. Um, so I'm kind of curious and basically why I wanted to have you on the show because you understand how it's useful and, and whatnot. So maybe do you want to kind of talk about how you've used Snapchat with kind of your clients and, and how you've seen business use Snapchat? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of different ways that you can use Snapchat. So think of Snapchat as a way of talking to your customers and your community, right? And so, for example, name name a type of business, Kevin. Um, let's say like an uh, airline, for example. Okay, great, an airline. So an airline, their narrative as a story is what? It's traveling it's giving you an experience, it's relaxation, it's making sure that you're getting from A to B, wherever you're going in the best way possible. And so okay. a way to utilize Snapchat is to actually show them what are the different experiences and what are the type of people that are utilizing this platform. Okay, right? interesting. And so, 
And so you're basically giving them a lens into that world and that brand, right? So if you, for example, take American Airlines, right? An American Airline sure. has um, a vision and a mission, a way that they do business. You basically try to capture all of that while you're Snapchat storytelling. So you're creating different types of videos. You're creating Snapchat pictures. You're talking to your audience because you can actually talk in not only short form text, but also long form text. And one of the great things about Snapchat, well, I personally think so, is that there's so many hacks. And so okay. many of the amazing features is not actually visible to someone that doesn't know how to use it. So you have to go out there and really understand, okay, these are all the different hacks that I can use in order to kind of up my game and to show my audience that I can communicate with them. Okay. So when you say hacks, like maybe do you want to give some examples? Because to be honest, I don't even know where, what that would really mean. I understand what a hack is, but I don't like what, give us some examples of hacks, I guess. Okay. So one of the hacks is that you can only talk um, or you can only put text in short form. And so what that means is you only have about one sentence of space. Now, if you go into your notes and you create um, text where you skip lines, you can actually put in as much text as you want. And then you copy paste that content in there. Right. So you can actually write down a whole message or you can write down a whole description. And for those that are in the audience right now, listening live on blab with us, Um, they have followed me and I do movie reviews. Sometimes I do restaurant reviews. So I go down and I say, what's the rating for the food here? What's the rating for the ambiance? Uh, what is the overall score? Where was this uh, restaurant located? What did I eat there? Um, and so it's a way for you to actually be able to communicate instead of, for example, putting it in a blog post, right? Right. And so it's all about, it's all about, you know, 10 seconds of marketing. How can you capture that person's attention in 10 seconds? But really you have more time, right? Because you're layering these snap stories together. So someone's snap story might be two, three minutes long, but they're okay. only in, in 10 second increments, if that makes sense. Okay. So I, I know you mentioned before, kind of when we talked about this, that you've seen people use it for like couponing and whatnot. Can you target people based on location or is it just your followers or or how does that kind of work? Yeah. So you can't, it's not geographically based. You can add people that are nearby so that you're more specific to where you live, but it's a little bit more difficult. Now, what you can do is you can make sure that when you're putting out content, you're being clear about your location and you're utilizing the geo filters and the geo tags that are there so if, for example, your, um, your restaurant is in Austin, Texas, you know, if someone follows you or someone discovers your content, they'll be able to know that, okay, if they ever come to Austin, they'll be able to actually go to that restaurant right. or subconsciously they're telling someone, oh, Hey, you know what? Actually I follow this uh, restaurant in Austin and they do a really great job. It looks like they have some great burgers and some great drinks. You should definitely check it out. And so it's all about word of mouth. And when it boils down, that's really what marketing is about. It's about how can you make the best impression and how can you even get to that audience to make that impression? No, that's interesting. So you mentioned kind of geofencing. Can you geo, can you pick where your geofencing is? And what I'm getting at here is there was this really successful marketing campaign somewhere in South America where this shoe store basically geofence their competitor's store in the mall. And basically what happened is if the second you walked into this geofence around their competitor, you'd get a notification on your phone and it would say you have two minutes to get to this shoe store. And the faster you got there, the bigger of a discount that you got. And I'm kind of curious if can, can you do these kind of little bit 
kind of outlandish marketing kind of campaigns or is it a little bit uh um not 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 as complicated as that and maybe sorry somebody's asked what geofencing is maybe i'll just cover that quickly before you answer the the geo geofencing is basically setting uh, it'd be like a target area so you could say if you get a hundred meters within a store that it would pop up a notification and that notification could say just like welcome to the store it could say if you're going to a grocery store it could say you have you know a thousand loyalty points or you have a free promo or, or something like that. So you can pop up kind of notifications based on a certain, when people walk into a certain area related to a store or competitor. Yeah, so right now you can't do anything where you're actually being able to target people in that area that have Snapchat that are able okay. to then get a notification. But what you can do, which is what you were referring to a little bit earlier in your question, was do flash sales, right? So you're telling right, the okay. person, you're telling the person that, okay, you have 24 hours. So for those of you who are not familiar, a Snapchat story um, gets basically weaved into each story that you add every time that you add 10 seconds to it, right? And so when you're sharing this story publicly, it's available 24 hours from the time that you post it. And so you're creating a lot of urgency for not only people to check your story, very, very frequently, but you're also forcing them to actually use that channel over other channels because you're being more exclusive about the content you're putting out there, right? So to give you an example, uh, okay. Sephora does a really great job of actually not only uh, putting out content, but they actually show some of their new products they're going to have in their stores on their Snapchat and they don't show it anywhere else. And so me as a consumer, I feel like I have more of an in because I'm looking at that. Now imagine if uh, Sephora took it one step further and they said, okay, we're going to be doing pre-sales for this product. And if you use this code that we're only releasing on our Snapchat for the next 24 hours, if you go on our website, you're going to get 20% off. And so you're right. creating urgency, you're creating exclusivity, and you're really forcing people to engage with you on that platform, which is the most important thing. Sure. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's, I guess it's not really any different than like, I know um, Live Nation and whatnot, just you need to be subscribed to their um, Facebook page to get the like pre-sale code or whatever. So it's just another way of doing that. And it makes sense. Um, so maybe we'll Maybe we'll take a couple questions just because they're kind of piling up a little bit. Um, I don't understand the what is my score question. Great do you, question. Do you know what that means? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I don't really your... use Snapchat, so I'm curious. Yeah. So your score is basically um, a an, an addition, basically like a curation of the Snapchats that you have sent and the Snapchats okay. that you have received. So for every time you send a Snapchat, you get a point and then vice versa. And so there's different ways for you to know how, like what your Snapchat basically means. And so if you actually go into your, um, I'm gonna open up the Snapchat app really quickly and walk sure. people through this if they have the app currently. Sure. Um, if they're actually at the top of the page where it shows, I'm showing on the screen, this is basically a list of all the people who have Snapchatted me. And then at the top, it says Snapchat. And there's a text on the left-hand side and there's a camera on the right-hand side. You can actually click Snapchat. And what's going to happen is your score is going to come up. So on the left-hand side, I have 14,417 points, which is the Snapchats that I have sent 
So I've been using my Snapchat for three years. Okay. Um, and then on the right side, it's my score is 13,080. So that's the amount of Snapchats I have received. And so it's basically outgoing and incoming. I and so you. my total score is 29,000. So it's basically adding those two up together. Um, and your Snapchat score is not, you know, it's not a huge deal. I mean, you don't get ranked anywhere. You, there's no trending list on Snapchat in terms of discoverability. It just mostly reflects on how long you've been on the platform and how active you are on the platform. Uh, okay. No, that's good to know. So maybe I'll ask, uh, Kathy asks, can you use Snapchat on scheduled based programs such as uh, Post Planner and Hootsuite? Or is there any other app to manage kind of a schedule? So great question, Kathy. You actually can't uh, schedule out anything because you have to create all of the content natively on the platform. There are okay. third party apps um, that allow you to upload after the event and basically upload um, something from your camera roll to your Snapchat story. But the reality is, is that that's not going to get the type of engagement and you're not using the platform sure. correctly, right? So you're not using all of the different emojis that are available, all the different text, all the different drawings. Um, if you go on my Twitter account, which is, uh, you know, at Saba Sadili, you'll be able to see if you go through my media, a lot of different ways that I've utilized Snapchat just to create a graphic for something and to notify people of things. And so there's a lot of creative ways. And so you have to make sure that when you're using these apps, your first thought doesn't go to how can I schedule things, right? You want to be able to engage with your audience real time to provide them feedback or to, to provide them value right when it's happening and not, you know, something that you scheduled a week ago. Sure. No, that makes sense. I, I think, and, and this is probably, I'm probably not the only one with this problem is part of my problem, like, I use Hootsuite to promote like and tweet and, and, you know, post to LinkedIn and Facebook and, and whatnot. And part of the problem is, is it's not having scheduling is almost a deal breaker for me in a lot of cases, because I can't be consistent with posting at certain times. So do I need to be consistent or is Snapchat a little bit more, you know, if I post at 9am or, 2.30 in the afternoon, do I need to be consistent or, or how does the platform kind of expect content? I guess is the, a better way to phrase my question. Okay, so two things I want to address. The first one is the scheduling, right? And how that's a barrier for a lot of people that prevents sure. them from getting on a platform. So um, my, my answer would be, right, so for most of the social platforms that um, people are familiar with, such as Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, um, you know, so on and so forth, there are scheduling tools. So how about if you really want, you can schedule for those platforms and you can go all in and create real-time content on your Snapchat, right? Because the audience is there and the engagement is there, I guarantee you. And it's going to pay off so much more than if you decide to live um, update your Facebook or your Twitter and so on and so forth. In terms of what time you should post, that's another amazing thing about Snapchat, right? Because the content and the story gets aggregated together for 24 hours, it doesn't really matter what time you post it. Because at the end of the day, if someone's going to click on your name and watch your content, it doesn't matter what time you posted that content. And they get layered into each other. And so they don't know exactly until you use, um, unless you use the timestamp on it. Okay. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess, I guess it's just a different way of thinking for certain people, because for me, I plan out basically like a lot of my tweets for the entire week on say Sunday, right? For example. And so it's, 
it's a it's a different way and i i think i guess it makes sense and you just kind of need to almost fit it in when you can um maybe we'll take another question from ed um is there a concern that there are too many platforms and only limited time to use and maintain them all <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's always a concern, right? We all are limited by time and resources. And my answer to a lot of people for that is go where it's least noisy, right? Why did I tell Kevin to get on Blab to record his podcast? Because not as many people are on there versus other platforms, right? And so it allows him an opportunity to get in front of people that he couldn't have otherwise. And the totally. same thing is true for Snapchat, right? There are so many people that I talk to and the first thing they tell me is, Saba, can you help me with a Facebook strategy? And I ask them, why do you want to be on Facebook? And they say, well, everyone's on Facebook. And I said, well, that's not a good enough reason, right? Yes, Facebook is necessary to an extent, but at the same time, if your content is not going to be seen, why invest the money, the resources, the time, the creative manpower to create content for that platform? And so what I tell them is, why don't you move towards a platform that not as many people are on, right? I mean, sure. Snapchat has 100 million daily users and 6 billion daily video views. It's not a tiny little app. It's been around for years now. But because people are so hesitant and they are so caught up with just the intimidation of how to use this new social platform. And when I say new, I mean, because of its interface, that's not intuitive to people, they're scared and they don't wanna jump in and they don't take the time to learn it. But if they do, the payoff is actually disproportionately more in their favor than if they decide to go all in on a platform such as Facebook or Twitter, that is not gonna give them the traction, even if they do it every single day for six months straight. Sure. And I think realistically, you need to kind of try different platforms and see what kind of works and doesn't work with your target audience. Like, I, I know just even doing the radio show and podcast, like certain things work way better than others. Like I post this stuff to YouTube. Nobody cares, to be 100% honest with you. Even the show you and I recorded on Friday, kind of about Periscope and how to use Blab, has way more listens already just in replays than stuff I recorded and posted to YouTube six months ago. So it, it, for me, YouTube isn't working. I haven't spent a ton of time doing it. So I it, I can see where you're kind of going with that. And it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, maybe I'm, I'm kind of curious, Brian's asking, um, would Snapchat be an effective tool for wine tasting? <laughs> I think it would be an amazing tool. And the reason I say that is because I'm going to be the first person who follows you because I love wine and I would love to get educated. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing people don't understand, right? If some, if you have a business and you're selling a product or a service and people are giving you money, there is people in the world that care about this thing, right? And so sure. what you want to do is you want to find different ways to add value, right? So if you're a foodie, you're going to be showing them all different restaurants. If you are in the wine tasting business or you are in the wine business, you're going to be educating them about wine. You can educate them about the different uh, wines you can pair food with. You can educate them about the pricing. You can educate them about the flavors. You can educate them about, right. you know, what does it mean when a wine is older versus when it's younger? And I'm only coming up with these questions because this is a question I have as a consumer. I'm not a wine expert, right? But these are things sure. that I want to know about. And so if you create a channel that you're able to creatively convey this information and this message, that would be extremely effective. And not only that, you're at the advantage of being probably one of the first people to be doing this 
business rather than the last, rather than getting on YouTube and creating wine content like Gary Vaynerchuk did when YouTube right. started, right, right. with Lime, yeah. Wine Library, totally. you're basically doing what Gary Vaynerchuk did with YouTube, but on Snapchat. And you're making sure that you're creating content. Um, and Brian, if you need any more advice, you can, you know, reach out to me. Um, my direct message is open. I have email and, you know, we can chat further. Sure. Uh, um, I'm, I guess the gratitude coach is asking, should I share my snaps on Facebook? And I guess, and, and, or other social media. Yeah, good question. So cross promotion is a huge, huge part of Snapchat. And the main reason is that it doesn't have its own discoverability that is actually built into the application. And so what I mean by discoverability is, you know, you don't have hashtags that you can utilize. There's no explore page. There's no discover page. Okay. There's no trending page. There's none of that stuff, right? So they took out all that clutter that you don't need, the followers, the following, you know, all these like vanity metrics that are really not valuable on a platform and they just show content. So the only way for you to get more followers and to get more viewers on your snap story is to actually cross promote. And the way you do that, do that, um, I believe her name is Tony, I guess, grateful Tony. Um, what you do is actually you save your complete snap story. And from there, you can either, you know, drop it into a Canva frame or, you know, edit it really nicely. And in terms of editing, I mean, because the video is vertical, you might not want right. to post it natively like that. Um, just so it fits kind of the Facebook model. And, you know, you show your story and you show, you know, what content you're providing on Snapchat. And if people are liking it and you already have a built-in sort of uh, community and audience on there, that way they'll be able to find you and they'll be able to connect with you. And you can do that as well on, I share a lot of my very creative snaps on uh, Twitter. I share them on Peach. Um, I share them on Facebook sometimes. Uh, I share them on my Instagram. I talk about it on my Instagram. And so you want to find different ways that you can talk about Snapchat as a platform and the fact that you use it without being spammy, but just showing the content that you create. Um, sure. Oh, yeah. Actually, one more thing someone mentioned sure, in the ahead. chat is uh, Slinger. Um, great call, Jed. One of the things about Slinger that I really, really love um, is that Slinger is the probably only discoverability application right now where you can actually find snappers because they're uploading their content onto a feed. And so the only uh, content you can actually upload is vertical content. So this application was specifically made for Snapchat users. And the great thing is, is that once you get a lot of likes and engagement, you start trending. And the important thing about trending is that more people are finding you. And that's probably the biggest, um, you know, difficulty that people have about, you know, how do I grow my audience? Sure. So um, do you maybe have some other tips on kind of how to grow your audience? I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. So there's different ways. So uh, the first one is you can actually do a Snapchat takeover. And so if okay. there is someone, so um, I'll just take, I believe Brian who asked about wine tasting. Let's sure. say there's already an account that it does a lot of wine content. A good thing for you to do is to connect with them. And if they're already Snapchatting, you make sure that you go and you say, hey, you know, let's do a uh, Snapchat takeover. I take over your Snapchat and I provide your audience with wine content. And then vice versa, I take over your Snapchat and I do something on yours. And so that way you're basically okay, cross promoting okay. with the same audience. Sure. Um, another way to grow your audience is to, you know, just give them a call to action. If you're providing really great content every single week, every single day on your story, you say, Hey guys, if you really like my stories, could you please give me a shout out on your story? Right. And so they're sure. going to be shouting you out. 
And a lot of people have asked me, you know, if I tag someone, if I write at in the text and I put someone's handle, do they get tagged? Do they get a notification? No, sure. they do not. It is just text. Okay. And so really what you're going to be doing is you're just going to be familiarizing them with that person's Snapchat um, handle so they can add it. Or um, actually Jed Record did this for me once. He actually put my Snap code in his uh, Snap story. Now they can just screenshot that and then later on okay. upload that image, which actually recognizes the code and automatically adds you in. Okay. No, that that's interesting. Um, Tony's asking great snappers to follow. Yeah, good one. Um, I think you should follow me. Uh, but to be <laughs> honest, uh, the, the content that I post is mostly a lot of creative content. Um, I post a lot of food. I post a lot of travel, a lot about lifestyle. Um, I'm more of a storyteller through pictures and videos. I'll go to a museum. And for those of you who are in this uh, you know, live session right now, you will, you will know uh, what kind of content I post. Another one for motivation is the Carlos Gill. I can put him um, in the chat here. Uh, he is great. Uh, he works for you know, a large corporation. He does a lot of motivational content and he really provides value and does mini tutorials and lets you know when he's putting out new content. Uh, another great one is Sean Ayala, and I'll put him in the chat as well. Sure. Um, him and M Platko both do a lot of creative content and they're artists on Snapchat. So they okay. get hired a lot by brands to create uh, creative content for their users using the drawing tool. And so um, those are the four individuals. In terms of brands, there's a lot of great brands. There's Thrillist sure. that does a lot of food uh, content and, you know, where to go, what to do. Um, Sephora, if you're a girl, Taco Bell. Um, Apple Music has a really great Snap story. They do a lot of music features. And okay. so those are a few I would recommend right off the bat. Okay. You, you mentioned kind of just what you personally post and, and you're kind of, you know, you said you post food and museum. Do you find that posting kind of in a variety of different areas is helpful useful or you know is it really based on kind of what you're trying to do I, I guess like what kind of content should you be posting should it all be similar should it be different what's your experience with that right so well you have to think about it in terms of what your goals are and so for me i'm more of a personal brand and so okay. what i'm trying to do is to just allow my audience to get to know me better and okay, so for them to sense. know you know when i'm not you know, talking about marketing and social media and business and all these other things on other platforms um, and when I'm working, what am I doing with my time? And so it gives them sort of um, a frame into who I am as a person. Now, if you're a brand or if you're someone that has a small business, you want to be telling your business's story or your brand story. And so you're going to be creating content tangent and around, you know, what you're selling or what service you're providing. And so I would really, the answer to that is really, it depends on, you know, how you're utilizing Snapchat. Is this a business account? Is this just a personal account? Are you a solo entrepreneur where you're just basically trying to connect with your audience? And I would tell people, you know, um, you know, just look at how people cre uh, created content on YouTube and they got creative. You can be 10 times more creative on Snapchat with that content. No, I, I think that's really good advice. Do you ever promote the brands that, are kind of our clients of yours on your personal Snapchat or does it depend? Um, no, usually I don't. I mean, okay. I think that one thing that we have to all be really aware of is we have to respect our audience, right? So, right. you know, some people are, say, oh, you know, can you give me a shout out? But I've seen their content. It's not that it's not good. It's just, 
it doesn't, um, it's not going to resonate with my audience. Sure. And so no, you have sense. to, you have to be very careful with how you use these platforms, just like any media channel that you have or distribution channel, you don't want to take advantage of those viewers, right? Because they're going to start dropping off so quickly. And so, you know, you have to be really aware of who you're promoting, what you're doing. Um, I actually don't promote that much. I actually just create a lot of content and I, um, I just utilize it on more of the creative front, but some people they're more about sort of the motivation and calling people out, um, you know, shouting them out, making sure that other people know about different products. And if there is something that fits, I I'm okay with it. But, okay. um, in general, you're not going to be seeing me, you know, shout out my favorite brands or shout out my clients or anything like that. No, that makes sense. I suppose you, you would just use their Snapchat to do that. Like, well, I just teach them how to leverage okay, the platform okay. to grow it in an organic, natural way. Um, and so that's really kind of where I step in and to make sure that, you know, I strategize with them about the content. And a lot of people get stuck on that. You know, how do I right. create content? I've created some of my best snap stories being on vacation with my family, just hanging out with them at home. Um, I created a really amazing Snapchat about just like a cooking series. Like we were all cooking and I did a bunch of different things. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can create content, but sometimes, um, you know, you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone in order to figure out how to best present that. Sure. No, I think that makes sense. Um, Brad asks, what opportunities do you see for Snapchat to play in the part of customer service or customer experience? Well, I think, um, customer experience is just the storytelling, right? So how right. are you able to convey sort of that experience? Like we were talking about earlier about the airline, um, you know, how are you showing your, your audience, you know, what it feels like to have an experience with this airline. So I think customer experience comes really hand in hand with really great storytelling in terms of customer service. I mean, there's a chat feature, there's a direct message feature. There's actually like a FaceTime version of, um, you know, Snapchat live. And so when okay. you're in the chat, if the icon on the right hand side, right hand side turns blue, you're actually able to click on that in live video chat. And so, you know, if someone has a question and they're, you know, hitting you up on Snapchat and they're saying, Hey, you know, I have this issue with my product or I'm stuck on this and they're, you know, seeking support. The best way is if they Snapchat you, why don't you just click on that button and help them right there. Right. And so that's a really simple way for you to provide customer service. No, I think that's really good advice. Um, Sandra's asking, do you need to follow each other to chat? Great question. So, um, yes. So, well, yes and no. So it depends on the settings that that person has on their Snapchat. So okay. for example, I allow everyone to watch my snap story. So even if I don't add them onto my list, they're able to watch my snap story. Now they're not able to actually swipe up during my story and chat with me and engage. Um, but if someone that doesn't follow me or if someone that I don't follow or vice versa, if I chat them, they will actually receive the chat, um, whether they decide to open it or respond, it's kind of up to them. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we've had a couple of questions that didn't make it into the question field. I'm just trying to go through it. Um, we provide online library content for those training and working in the mental health field, wondering how to create engaging content in that field. I guess a kind of any field that is maybe not necessarily in the tech or kind of, yeah, I'm not really sure. Well, I think, but, it's, well, I think it's more about, so those, those organizations, you're not always going to be talking about it because maybe it's something right. that you can't talk about. But what I would tell them is 
um, the other side of the token is actually creating awareness around it. So creating right. uh, creative campaigns around awareness, right? And so, you know, there's awareness around suicide, around depression, around AIDS, around rape, uh, rape victims. And so all these different things are not things that you can necessarily directly create content around, obviously, right? Sure. But what they do is they just create a campaign that's content centric to increase awareness. And that's how you are mean to use Snapchat. Okay. No, that that's really good. Um, I'm just trying to think. No, I don't. If anybody has any other questions, just keep them coming and I'll, uh, we'll ask them. Um, so I'm kind of curious to know um, how, I guess, how do, what would you recommend to people that are kind of still on the fence about kind of using Snapchat and maybe they're just kind of scared to move to that platform. What would you kind of tell them to kind of say about time? Like, let's go to this thing. Because to be honest, I, I would even put myself in, the, in that category, right? I'm not using it to promote any of the stuff that I'm doing. So kind of what would you kind of tell people that are a little bit still on the fence? I would tell them that it's probably not the first time that they've been scared to do something in their life. And this is the exact same thing. Right. Sure. And that sounds cliche. That kind of sounds, you know, oh, that's an easy answer, but that's the truth. Right. When we're scared of something, we have to think about why we're scared of it. Are we scared that we're not going to be able to use it properly? Are we scared that no one's going to care about our content? Are we scared that, you know, we're not going to be good enough? I mean, there's so many barriers that we mentally create for ourselves. And so what I would sure. tell someone is that, you know, just try it out. Just do a couple snaps, follow the four people that I mentioned. They're going to be able to show you kind of the power of Snapchat. And from there, you can just kind of, you know, you know, dabble in it. And when you first start out and you don't have a large audience, you don't have to be scared about, you know, people judging you because ultimately you're not going to have a huge audience. I always make kind of the parallel of, you know, when I first started doing live video and doing, you know, I have three podcasts of my own, um, right. you know, it wasn't easy for me, but over time I grew my audience and I grew my skill level. And the same thing is true with Snapchat. When I first began three years ago, it A, didn't have the functionality it has today, and B, I didn't have the audience I have today. And so I didn't have to worry. And so for those that are scared or they're not sure, there's one question of do you even want to be on a social networking app? But if you do and you're just scared of, you know, all the barriers, I would tell them, A, come talk to me or someone that really understands Snapchat. And B, to really just try it out and to just, you know, see if it'll work. Because I will assure you that Snapchat is one of those things that once you kind of find your niche and find your comfort zone in terms of the creativity, you're going to absolutely love it. One of the reasons that Snapchat has done so well and has grown um, as large as it has in the past three, four years is actually the intimacy that the Snapchat uh, community provides without being with being able to actually reach a large audience. And what I mean by intimacy is that, you know, it's not your content is not all over the web, right? So it's not like your Facebook right. profile, or your Twitter profile. When you're posting content, only those that are friends with you are seeing those stories and seeing that content. And so that intimacy really creates a little bit more comfort when you're creating content in the beginning. Sure. No, no, that's really good advice. So I'm kind of curious, is there age ranges that you would say traditionally use Snapchat over kind of other age ranges or is it kind of any, any age range? Yeah. So right now the dominant, um, 
age range for Snapchat is skewed towards millennials. So between okay. uh, 13 and 35. So that's really okay. where the demographic is. But if we think about it, I mean, they have a huge buying power. If we're talking, you know, straight marketing, I mean, they are a very, very um, important demographic. And by 2017, they're going to be a larger part of the population than baby boomers are, and they're going to outspend them. And so when we sure. think about it like that, that's basically um, the stats right now show that 60% of 13 to 37 year olds are on Snapchat. It has 100 million daily users moving up, you know, growing daily, um, and it has 6 billion daily video views. And to compare it, Facebook has 8 billion daily video views. So in comparison, yeah, yeah. a platform that is less than five years old has more daily video views than a platform that is almost a decade old. Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting when you put it that way. I, I didn't read. Well, I knew it was as big as. Um, that but I, I just didn't i guess really think about it too heavily but it, it makes a lot of sense and i guess it really depends on who you're marketing for like you said if you're if you're outside of that kind of um millennial age group maybe snapchat's not for you yeah i mean i think that even if you're in the 40 or 50 year old range i mean i know 40 and 50 year olds that snapchat and i i personally know that because i follow them and i follow their content right. And it's actually just a different perspective, right? It's like the same thing of saying, you know, Twitter is skewed towards millennials and techies. I mean, that's true, but at the same time, you still have the older generations that are still on there and that are engaging and they're creating content in a different way. Sure, and a bunch of people even in the chat are saying I'm over 35 and posting. So no, it's good, I, that's awesome. So um, Ed's asking any good resources for creating stories on Snapchat? Yeah. So um, what do he, I mean, maybe he could clarify if he's still in the chat in terms of what he means by resources, but I'm going to go based on sort of my, um, my assumption, sure. um, you know, resources for me are more about the tools that it provides. Now, okay. if you're looking for, you know, resources in terms of examples, um, you can actually go on Slinger and that's where you can find a lot of great quote unquote resources for the different types of content, right? Because when you're sure. only following the people that you follow and you're not, there's no discover page, there's no explore page like Instagram has, or like, you know, Twitter has, um, the trending content, you don't see what other people are creating. And so one thing you want to do is you want to be connected to people that necessarily you might not follow yet, but you're able to see your content. And that's what Slinger provides. It provides a community of people that are uploading the content that they created on Snapchat so that other people can discover it and other people can you know basically subconsciously learn from them about how you can actually utilize all the different features such as for example the geo filters the fast forward the backwards right. the slow motion the layering um the graphics the emojis i mean there is just such a wide range of ways to utilize these platforms that i think if you get on slinger or if you follow me if you follow carlos if you follow some of the brands um you'll really be able to see these platforms used optimally Sure. So um, do you think that they're going to bring a discover page now that more marketers are kind of on Snapchat? Um, I mean, do I think so? No. no uh, do okay. I hope so? Absolutely not. Right. I think, I think that when you change the DNA of a platform, it makes a huge impact, right? It kind of goes back to something that people I'm going to compare to something people are familiar with is um, when, you know, Twitter talks about changing the 140 characters, yeah, that's something totally. that's a part of their, 
a part of their DNA, right? That's like a main reason people use the platform. And if so, Snapchat, if they try to create a page where people are discovering, you know, different people, I mean, it's just going to get messy and we don't need that. It's actually better for them to continue the way they're doing because now people have to take all of their other social equity that they've built and they need to promote their Snapchat. And a couple of ways for people to do that is one, um, which is something that I've done is put your Twitter snap, uh, to put your Snapchat code on your Twitter banner. You can put it on your Facebook banner. You can uh, put it on your website. You can put your snap code. You can put it under your blog post at the end of it as a way to sign it. You can, you know, create stickers with your snap code and put it in different places. So there is just so many different ways for you to cross promote. And it's actually better for Snapchat if you do so. Sure. And one guy even mentioned LinkedIn. And I know some people put um, different handles and whatnot in their email signatures, depending on kind exactly. of who you're emailing, right? So I, I think it's just kind of, I do like the idea of cross promotion, right? And I think you bring up a really good point with kind of cross promotion and you can even maybe, what do you think about the people that just say, you know, tweet out, just add me on Snapchat or, or other networks. Is that a, have you had experience with that? Like, do you think that's a good idea, bad idea? Cause I know there's a bunch of ways to kind of get followers and some are a little bit more kind of gray and acceptable to certain people than others. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's an easy way to go about it. Hey, you know, add me. But really what you want to answer is why they should add you. So what I try to do is I try to upload an image that works really well with the dimensions of Twitter pictures and show them and showcase my Snapchat, you know, creativity and my Snapchat art. Because really that's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say you should follow me because and then show them the content. Now you can just say add me. It probably won't be as effective. The other thing to do is to growth hack some of these newer, uh, newer social networks, for example, Peach, which I recently covered on my podcast last week, and to actually start posting your Snapchat content on there and pushing your Snapchat. And I had 15 right. people at me overnight, right? Oh, and so wow. how are you able to growth hack and really be able to reach a newer set of audiences, which is really what being good, I think, at marketing is about is not only taking advantage of your current audience, but finding new audiences. And that's why when people say, you know, is there an overload of platforms? Yes. But if you had to choose, why would you choose to be on the more noisy platform if you don't already have an audience versus the least, the um, less noisier platforms that don't have as much people, but you'll be able to get so much more engagement out of? No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's actually really important to stress um, to everybody kind of listening. But uh, Saba, sorry, we're out of time. And uh, so maybe let's close the show with kind of promoting where people can find you, obviously, on Snapchat. Um, maybe if you want to talk about kind of your podcasts and, and your shows that you're doing and kind of anywhere else that people can find you online. Yeah, of course. So um, if they want to find me online, I am on Twitter at Saba Sadili, S-A-B-A-S-E-D-I-G-H-I. My handle and username is the same as well on if you want to find me on Instagram as well as on Snapchat. Um, if you were in this uh, live blab, let make sure that you chat me on Snapchat. I'll definitely want to say hey to you. Thank you for uh, joining in. And my podcast, I do three podcasts per week on Blab as well. So the first one is Social 545, which is about what's trending in social media. So we sort of talk about the latest trends as well as the latest influencers that are making a lot of noise. 
the second podcast that I do is called Creative Nation, which is an intersection between business, marketing, and creatives. And I do that on Mondays with Amrit Singh, who is a creative designer from the UK. And the third show that we're bringing back, which we kind of had a break on for a little bit, is going to be a tech news show with the CEO of Blab, uh, Sean Puri, who's my co-host. So uh, three podcasts, kind of a variety of topics for those of you who are interested in different things, marketing, business, tech, creativity. Um, and you can actually email me if you want to, you know, if you have any questions or you want to work with me, my name is Saba at iStreamSocial.com. So super, you know, straightforward email address. Perfect. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Um, I'm, you know, this has been awesome and, uh, it seems like everybody enjoyed it. So thanks again for doing this and, uh, being on building the future. Thanks. Of course. Thanks for having me, Kevin. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm also going to be at the Startup Expo in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, February 16th and 17th, recording shows. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.